Pastor Lau and Pastor Dala Haprasit would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church in Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's anointed teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. And now, Pastor Lau. Today and um, many next Sunday from now, I would like to teach you about the healing of God. The Lord told me that I need to teach about healing. Before I talk about healing today, the topic of the sermon today is, is it God's will to heal us? Is it God's will to heal us? But before we look into the scripture, I would like to encourage you one thing. When we were born again, accepted Jesus Christ, we became a newborn baby, a newborn Christian. And after that, God doesn't want us to become baby forever. He wants us to grow up, to become more and more like Christ. And in that process of growth, we go to church, we listen to the teaching, anoint the teaching. We learn the truth and the Holy Spirit work in us to change us from glory to glory to glory. And God wants to change us in different aspects of life, aspects of family, being a husband, being a wife, being a good servant of God in the church, being a good employee, employer. There's so many areas in life that we need to develop and grow to become more like Jesus. When you come to New Hope International Church, our goal is that you will grow up to become a mature Christian. As we grow we have more faith and we can develop many things in our life that we can have more victory in life. And one of the subjects that we need to grow is the subject of healing. I say this, some of you may say, you know, I'm just 14 years old. What are you talking about healing? I don't care about healing. I'm not a 70 years old person. I just went to visit a lady yesterday. She suddenly had a fever and become coma. Said 14 years old at that time. And now she's on a wheelchair. Her brain was damaged. And she could not walk. She has this kind of posture all the time. Could not walk. And now she's turned 18. Can sickness attack young people? Yes. The hospital rooms are full of patients. I'm a doctor. I walk into the hospital every day. Last night, I had to go to emergency room at 10 p.m. to see a woman who got sick and may need surgery. So sickness is common in the world because we are living in a sinful world. As Christians, we need to grow up in understanding of the Word of God, in faith, so that we can fight the Bible says we fight the good fight of faith. We have to fight for our children's sickness. We have to fight for our, our own sickness. We have to fight for our friend's sickness. Sickness is a common problem in the world because this world is so full of sin. And sickness is the consequences of sin. As Christians, we need to understand this subject and build faith you no, know, when you pray for people and the people don't get healed, don't blame God, don't attack yourself, don't condemn yourself. It's just some process of growth that as you grow up more in the Word and in faith and in the Spirit, you're going to have more result 
of your prayer and your fight for other people and for yourself. My job as a pastor is to educate you, to make sure you understand the scripture, because our faith is based on the scripture, based on the will of God in the Bible, not on my own idea or on my culture or on anybody' opinions and comments. Our faith must be based on the Bible. From today on, we're going to learn a few sermon regarding. I believe this is a very important sermon for you. The whole series talking about healing. Today we just touch only one subject: Is it God's will for people to be healed? And I believe that some of people who listen to this sermon in the podcast and YouTube can be healed right at that spot when they listen to this sermon. Luke chapter 5 verse 12. And it happened when he was in a certain city that behold a man who was full of leprosy. You need to understand at that generation, leprosy is incurable disease and very very rejected by society. They cannot come out to walk around on the state uh, on the street. Saw Jesus, and he fell on his face and implored him, saying, "Lord." If you are willing, you can make me clean. Well, this man make a statement of faith. You can make me clean if you are willing. This man was afflicted by incurable disease and very rejected by society. And he came to Jesus and asked a very interesting question. He said, "Lord, are you willing to heal me?" Have you ever heard people say, especially sometimes even pastor minister, if it's God's will, I believe God can heal you. The word "if it's God's will, the Lord will heal you" actually is a statement of doubt. I'm not sure it's God's will to heal you. So they raise that question: If it's God's will, He will heal you. So not even sure is it's God's will to be healed or not. Let's look at what Jesus say in verse 13. Then he put out his hand out and touched him, saying, "I am willing. Be cleansed." Immediately, the leprosy left him. Actually, before I go on to preach this message, just these two verses, we learn so many things. Number one, this man was so desperate for help. And he came to Jesus because he heard about Jesus that Jesus could heal people, and he did not come to Jesus with the attitude of pride and arrogance. He came and he bowed down. He fell on the ground. That is the most humbling posture that you can have on the ground. People ask me why this church people fall on the ground. Very simple. It's a posture of humility that you're so desperate for the help of God. God, I need your help. It depends on the degree of your desperation, how much you need help from God. I'm so desperate myself. I'm desperate for everything for God to help me. So this man fell to the ground. He humbled himself. The Bible say God gives grace to the humble. If you come to God with the attitude of I can help myself, I can do this, I can depend on the physicians, I can buy medication, or I can fix the problem for myself, then you don't receive the grace of God. 
You need to come to God with a humble attitude and with faith. And look at how Jesus responded. As a Christian, we need to understand this. We are on both sides of the boat. On one side, we are the receiver. On the receiver side, we need to come to God the same way like this man with leprosy. We need to come with desperation, with faith, and with humility, and ask God to help us. When we need help, we come to God that way. In fact, when I was preparing this sermon, God speak to me one sentence. He said that sometimes people don't even know they need help because they don't know they have problems. To be a humble Christian, actually, we should be desperate for God all the time. As a doctor, usually we diagnose a brain cancer after that cancer is big and produce symptoms. When it's small, tiny, tiny one in the brain, you don't know that you have a cancer. To me, I'd rather be humble to come to the prayer line, fall on the ground, and let God heal me and touch me, than to find out that I have a big cancer in my brain six months later, and I need to deal with surgery. So I'd rather come to God all the time with desperation and humility, because if there's anything in my life, little, little bit, I want God to get rid of it for my life as soon as possible. So I'd rather come to God on a regular basis with a humility, with a humble attitude, and desperately need God's help all the days of my life because I don't want to get into trouble. This world is so full of trouble. So on one side, we are the receiver. But on the other side, the Bible says in John chapter 14, verse 12, the work that I do, you shall do also, and greater work than this you shall do. So as a believer, we have the spirit of Jesus in us. We are human. We receive from God. On the other side, we are the one God is going to use our body, our mouth, our eyes to minister to people who need help. Your kids may need help at home. Your wife may need help. Your husband may need help. Your co-workers at work may need help. You represent Jesus to minister the same way Jesus did. And how did Jesus minister? He put out his hand and touched him. Jesus' ministry is a touching ministry. He lay hand all the time. He lay hand. He touched. You know why? Because laying on of hand is the way that God can impart the blessing from heaven, either the blessing of healing, the blessing of deliverance, the blessing of finances, whatever, the gift, whatever good from heaven, God used the hand to impart into people's life. Laying on of hand is biblical and it was done by Jesus a lot. Everyone say a lot. All the time. Everyone say all the time. So that's why our church believe in the laying on of hand. Lay hand. I lay hand on my kids. My wife lay hand on me at home. We lay hand. We impart the blessing. And he said, I am willing. Be cleansed. Jesus ministered by laying on of hand. And Jesus ministered by speaking the words from heaven. The word that is full of authority and faith. And the receiver, the man with leprosy, Heard the word that is so full of power to things in your life that you should seek or you should set the goal to have is that your mouth, your word going to be powerful every time you say something to produce the result. God created the heavens and the earth by speaking. Let there be light. How powerful his word is. We need to be people of power who can speak 
the word from our mouth and produce something. Move the mountain to the sea. Heal. Go. Finances come. The debt is canceled. Whatever we speak, the word. Not only that, we need to have power in our hand. Why we come out to be prayed for, lay hand on. There was one preacher say like this: empty hand lay on the empty head. If you have nothing in your hand, you cannot give anything to people. You have nothing inside you to give. So the more you have, the more you receive, the more you can give. So the more anointing you have by receiving from God through the pastor, to the preacher, to the laying on of hand, the more power you have to be able to lay hand on your kids. Maybe your kids have demons that need to be cast out, and you have the power in your hand. You have the power in your mouth, like Jesus. Jesus just be cleansed. So powerful. The hand is so full of power. Boom. The mouth speak. Leprosy left instantly. Oh, I want to live like that. I want to be like Jesus. Everywhere I go, heal. Just say one word. I'm not that level yet, but I hope one day. I'm gonna get to that level like Jesus. My goal is to become like Jesus, and I pray that your goal is gonna become like Jesus as well. Amen. That's why we lay hand every other week to pour the power onto you, so you have more and more anointing, more power in your life to have the hand that's full of power and the word that is full of power to go and help people whom you love. God's Jesus' word is so full of power. The man with leprosy heard it. The faith rise up on the inside, and then that faith caused him to be healed. The Bible say that we are not saved by deeds; we are saved by grace. That grace include everything: forgiveness of sin, go to heaven, not going to hell, healing, deliverance, provision, protection. The salvation include everything pertaining to our life, including health and healing. We receive healing by grace, but the Bible didn't stop. You are saved by grace and stop. But the Bible say through faith. In order to receive the grace of God, we need to have faith to receive it. So this teaching gonna help you to build faith to receive healing from God. In the Living Translation, the Bible say, in one of the villages, Jesus met a man with an advanced case of leprosy. When the man saw Jesus, he bowed with his face to the ground, begging to be healed. Lord, he said, "If you are willing, you can heal me and make me clean." Jesus reached out and touched him. "I am willing," he said. "Be healed," and instantly the leprosy. Disappear. Jesus said, "I am willing." God's will is that His people shall be healthy, healed, and strong. How many parents in this room want your kids to be sick all the time? Raise your hand up. No one is alright. You want your kids to be healthy, strong, live a long life, successful, and do well. Our Father in heaven. Even is greater than the earthly father like me and you, an earthly mom. His perfect will is that we all stay healthy and strong and live a long life. My expectation, my hope, and expectation and faith is that one day when I turn 120 years old, because the Bible says God give 
the length of days of man in the book of Genesis 120 years after the flood. After the flood, he said, "I give the land for man 120." I pray that, and I believe, and I expect that one day at 120 years old, I will sit on the chair at my house, and the Lord just take me away, without cancer, heart failure, heart attack, and any headache, any problem. I just leave my body, my spirit just slip out of my body and go to heaven to be with Jesus. That's my expectation, according to the Scripture. Amen. So I need to keep building my faith to be able to live a healthy life. Jesus said, "It's God's will for His people to be healed." People often say like this: "It's not God's will for you to be healed because He wants you to learn a lesson, a good lesson. You need to get sick, you need to get poor, so that you can learn a good lesson from heaven. God wants to do something; you can learn the lesson." Those people who make a comment like that. Never been able to find one scripture to support that comment. Any comment, you, I can challenge you right now to go in the Old Testament and New Testament and find a scripture that support that sentence that God wants you to be sick, God wants you to be poor, so that you can learn a lesson. I never seen even one in my life, either in the Old Testament or in the New Testament. Therefore, as believer who stick with the Bible. Ought not to believe that comment. Ought not to preach that comment. Ought not to base your expectation and your life on that lie of the enemy. God wants us to be healthy. God wants us to be healed from any kind of sickness and disease. And we need to believe it. And we need to exercise that faith. Amen. We're gonna look at the more scripture about. It's God's will to be healed. I hope I have enough time today. We have lunch. Can I go a little bit long today, so that you can get more hungry <laughs> before you eat? I have so much information to give you today. Let me ask you more question before I read more scripture. The question is: Is it God's will for everybody on the earth to be saved? Is it God's will that everybody on earth will receive forgiveness of sin? Is it God's will? Is it God's will that everybody on earth will go to heaven and not go to hell? Yes. Is it God's will that they will receive Jesus and repent of their sin? Yes. But did it happen to everybody? No. no. It's God's will for everybody to be saved, to receive forgiveness of sin, and to go to heaven. But not everybody receive salvation, go to heaven, and receive the forgiveness of sin. Why? Because Human being have to do our part. Don't throw all the responsibility to God. Oh God, if it's your will for me to be saved, I'm saved anyway, no matter what. No, you need to do your part. And what part you need to do in your salvation is number one, believe in Jesus and confess with your mouth that He is your Lord. Two, you need to repent of your sin and change the way you live. Two things you need to do your part in order to be saved. And receive the forgiveness of sin. The same thing with healing. Healing is in the package of redemption. Redemption includes many things. What Jesus did on the cross include many, many things. Redemption means somebody paid for you to get you out of slavery. You are paid off. Get out from being in slavery. That is redemption. Healing. 
is a part of redemption. Salvation is a part of redemption. Receiving the forgiveness of sin is a part of redemption. And according to the Bible, healing also is a part of redemption. How do we know it? We know because redemption is the will of God, and healing is the will of God, and is recorded in the Bible. Again, I want to emphasize one more time: our faith must be based on or established in the Scripture. We must put our faith in the Scripture, and the Scripture say it. We receive it and put faith mixed with the Scripture. Then we see the miracle. And we see what happened in our life. Healing is a part of redemption. Being born again is a part of redemption. How many people are born again in this room? Raise your hand up. How many people believe that your sins are forgiven already? How many people believe that if you slip out of your body right now, your spirit, you're going to go to heaven for sure? Believe. I believe. I believe. I'm not going to go to hell. I'm going to go to heaven for sure. Okay. Is healing the same thing? Healing is also the same thing in the redemption. Can we believe that God healed us? Okay, Second Corinthians chapter one verse twenty. For all the promises of God in Him, mean in Jesus, are yes, and in Him, Amen. To the glory of God through us. All the promises of God in the Bible. Redemption, salvation, forgiveness of sin, protection, healing, deliverance, provision—everything that God promises in the Bible, guidance, the infilling of the Holy Spirit—all these are done only through Jesus Christ. There is no blessing available to man apart from Jesus Christ. This is a we call all-inclusive statement. God will not go around this truth. God will not do anything else except through Jesus Christ. What He did on the cross and at the whipping post for us. Why? Because man is sinner, and we deserve the curse, the sickness, and problem and failure. And God is the righteous judge. He's a righteous judge. Throughout time and eternity, He's known as the righteous. Judge, no matter how much he loved you, no matter how much he cares for you, he will not do anything wrong, will not do anything unfair, will not do anything unbiblical or unjust to get around to help you. He has to do the right thing because he's a judge God. He's a righteous judge. Therefore, in order for him to have the right to heal you. In order for him to have the right to give you abundant life and have the ticket to go to heaven and for forgiveness of sin, somebody had to pay for it first to be right and just. That's why all the promises of God, including healing, must be done only through Jesus, not in any other way. What Jesus did at the whipping post and at the cross. God can be justified to bless us, to give us good things only through what Jesus did for us. It's all based on what Jesus did for us. We need to settle this issue down first. If I pray for you and you get healed, it's not pass aloud. It's not about me. 
is what Jesus did for you only. Everyone say in Him only, in Jesus only. Is it clear? Everyone agree? Only in Jesus, not through the man, not to any woman. Only Jesus did it for you. He died for you. He paid the price for you. He bought for you all those fulfillment of the promises of God. Isaiah 53 verse 5. Now I'm going to explain Isaiah. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him, on Jesus. And by his stripes, we are healed. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24. Who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. Isaiah was writing this scripture 700 years before Jesus was born. The Holy Spirit came upon him. He saw in the Spirit the Son of God came into the world and the Son of God was at the whipping post, got scorched, whipped. Next sermon, going to talk about strife. I'm going to go in detail in the next sermon. He was whipped and scourged, the stripe on his back. He was on the cross. He saw seven and a half years forward to Jesus. And he said, by his stripe, you are healed. At that time, Jesus did not come yet. Peter, after Jesus died on the cross, Jesus already was born. Jesus already went to the cross, resurrected, raised up to heaven. Peter looked backward to Jesus and said the same thing. By his stripe, you were healed. You notice? I say, I say, you are. Present tense. But when the time of Peter came, he said, you were. It's done, deal already. It's done. So what does it mean? It means everybody in the Old Testament that was healed by the prophets was healed because Jesus did many thousand years later. It was kind of looking forward to Jesus. Everyone who got healed by Jesus while he was walking on earth was healed because of what Jesus was going to do on the cross later on. It's like looking toward the future. Every person who got healed in the book of Acts by the apostle or by the disciple got healed because they looked backward to what Jesus did at the whipping post and at the cross. Backward to that day that Jesus was whipped and has the stripe on his back. Everyone who is healed today in this generation, even last week, I got the news from Switzerland that one woman came to me. She's American living in Switzerland. She got depressed and could not sleep for years and years to the point she told me, I'm going to give up my faith now. I don't believe in God anymore because I got depressed. I could not sleep. I look at her and, wow, this is a tough case. I asked her to sit down in the chair and I lay hand on her and pray. In Jesus' name, be healed. She began to laugh in the Holy Spirit. And I just got the news from last week. This woman is sleeping like a baby now. She's to- totally healed. Another woman in Switzerland, she got a lesion in her brain. She came to our revival meeting. 
I did not know all these things. I just lay hand. She got touched. She went back to the doctor and get the CAT scan of her brain. The lesion was gone. Who healed her? Who paid a price for her healing? Not me. I'm just a vessel to lay hand for Jesus. But their healings in Switzerland came was based on what Jesus did on the cross. Amen. All the fulfillment of the promises of God, all the fulfillment of the promises of God, happen only through Jesus Christ. There is no salvation apart from Jesus. There is no deliverance, healing, freedom, provision, blessing of Abraham apart from what Jesus did for us. Healing is a part of redemption. Are there many parts in redemption? Yes. Does one part belong to us and another part doesn't belong to believer? No. Everyone say all parts. All parts of redemption belong to the believer, including healing. But how are we going to get it? By faith. You need to have faith. Actually, I read an article about healing many years ago. One lady, she got multiple sclerosis. The doctor called MS, multiple sclerosis. Multiple sclerosis can attack the brain and the spinal cord. And this lady used to be a runner. And because of this sickness, she could not run anymore. She lie on the bed, very weak, very numb. Her body just run down. And she understand this principle. In this article, she say all day long, she turned on the anointed teaching about healing. And she listened all day long. Listen, listen, listen. And she, in this article, she said that one day, her faith to so rise up so strong, just jump up so strong to the point that she believed she's healed. And you know what happened? She jumped out of the bed and she completely healed that day because of her faith. The Bible mentioned about Jesus ministered to individual sick person. Ten times in the Bible, ten times. Normally, the Bible talk about mass crusade. Jesus healed the crowd, but only about ten incident in the four gospel. People come to Jesus on a personal level. Nine out of ten times that Jesus healed people personally, Jesus said this sentence: "Because of thy faith, you are made whole." Jesus never said, "Because of my faith, you are made whole." Because of your faith. You are made whole. Nine out of ten times. What does it mean? It means you have a homework now. If you want to see more healing in your family, if you want to see more healing in your body, and you are ministering, when you minister to the sick, what you need to do? You need to build faith. That's why laziness is not going to help you. You need to be diligent in listening. To the word of God, to the message of healing and the power of God, until you get to the point your faith rise up to get the miracle. Amen. Don't throw the responsibility only to God. God heal me, okay? He only heal you. But how good you gonna receive? You need to do your part. You need to build your faith. Amen. It's God's will for everybody to be saved. It's God's will for everybody to be healed. Look at Isaiah 53 verse one. Isaiah 53, 1. Who has believed our report? Huh. 
and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? The Bible language is a little bit confusing, but these two questions in the first verse of Isaiah 53. The first verse of Isaiah 53. Isaiah 53 talks about Jesus dying on the cross. He healed us. He set us free from curse and bondage by the scorching, the blood that he shed. By the Spirit, Isaiah said two questions, and both questions have the same answer. He said, who can experience the mighty hand of God? The arm of the Lord means the mighty hand of God. They're going to show power to them. Who is this person? And the answer is in the first question. Who has believed our report? What kind of Christian going to see miracles? Going to see healing? Going to see supernatural things from the fulfillment of the promise of God and the redemption that belong to them? What kind of Christian going to experience the mighty hand of God? Moving in their life, either in the area of provision, healing, anything. Stop the wind, stop the storm in your life. Who? Those who believe in this report. You need to have faith. Amen? You need to do your homework. That's why I like what the Apostle Paul said in the book of Philippians. You need to work out your salvation. Work out. My patient always say, can I go to work out soon? I have back surgery a month ago. Can I go and, and treadmill and do something? They worry about their muscle. And the Tommy here, they don't want to have too much thing in the Tommy. So they want to do workout. But as Christians, we need to not only work out physically, we need to work out spiritually. We need to build faith. Get the muscle of faith stronger and stronger and stronger. Amen. So that we can experience the mighty hand and the mighty arm of God move in our life according to the scripture. Faith must be increased. Isaiah 53 verse 2. For he shall grow up before him. He, mean Jesus, shall grow up before him, mean the Father. As a tender plant, Jesus was a very gentle person. And as a root out of the dry ground, he was born and growing up in the very dry time of Israel. They were slaves. They were under the power of Rome. Thank you. <laughs> the power of Rome. They haven't heard any prophecy. The last prophecy was done about 400 years beforehand. They're all dry. They were slaves. They were under the power of the Roman government. So he was a root out of the dry ground. He has no form or comeliness and when, or handsomeness. And when he, we see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. A lot of people think that Jesus must be handsome, good-looking, like a movie star. He must look so handsome and beautiful. The Bible says that if you walk by Jesus in Bellevue Mall right now, you will not have a second look at him. You will not turn around. Ooh, so handsome. No. He looked regular. He looked very simple, ordinary. But I believe he was so full of the glory of God. He doesn't look handsome on the physical level. But in the spirit, he was so full of the spirit, so full of faith. You will not look at Jesus twice if you walked by him. He just looked like a simple man. 
verse 3. He is despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and we did not esteem him. Verse 3. Today, we think about Jesus as a hero, as a son of God. We are so proud to talk about Jesus. We're so proud to have the cross on our neck and on our earring and necklace. We're so proud to have the sticker behind our car. I love Jesus. Jesus loved me. We're so proud to have the cross in our house. But you know, in his generation, the cross means the worst criminal. The cross means you are bad, bad criminal. You are cursed by God. In his generation, the Bible say, those who are cursed hung on the tree. So those Jewish people who watch Jesus die on the cross, they look at him and oh, despise, reject. This man must be the worst criminal. That's why he was on the cross. People rejected him. He moved from being not handsome. He is unnoticed. No one going to look at him the second time. He was not good looking like a movie star or like some of you here, like Pastor Caesar. <laughs> he was not good looking. This really comforts me because I'm not as good looking as Pastor Caesar, so I, I feel good now. I don't need to be good looking. He was, <laughs> he was not good looking. He was unnoticeable. Now you move to the next level. He was rejected. He was despised. And it was like people like, ah, oh, this guy was cursed. He is on the cross. He's bad. You see who he is in the eyes of people in that generation. Isaiah 53 verse 3. He is despised and rejected by men. A man of sorrows. This is from New King James Version. And acquainted with grief. And we hit and it were our face from him, he was despised and we did not esteem him. Unfortunately, New King James Version translates the Hebrew language in another way. Actually, the original Hebrew language for the word sorrows, many more times in the Bible, is translated pain. And the Hebrew language for the word grief 20 more times in the Bible is translated sickness. I'm going to explain this in detail next time. Sickness. So the young translation say, He was a man of pain and acquainted with sickness. At the whipping post, on the cross, Jesus bore not only our sin. Everyone accept the truth. Jesus bore our sin. But when we come to the point, we say, Jesus bore our sickness. He carried our pain. A lot of people say, no, 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 I don't believe that. I don't think healing is for today anymore. God never lies. God never changed. God's still the same yesterday, today, and forever. The Bible says he bore our pain. He carried our sickness. Therefore, our sickness can be on him and have a unreasonable exchange. You remember the Bible say in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, 9, 
He became poor so that we might be rich. Every time my practice start to go down, I quote this scripture: "He became poor so that I might be rich, so that money will come in." Every time I get sick, I say, "God, Jesus, you bore my sickness." There is an unreasonable exchange at the whipping post and at the cross that He took my sickness to Him, and I take divine health. To me, he took my poverty to him on the cross, and I take his riches to me. There is an unreasonable exchange. I continue a few more minutes. There is a word in the Old Testament called atonement. In the Old Testament, the Jewish people kill the animal, put the blood on the altar to do atonement. Atonement is not practiced in the New Testament. You know why? Because the word atonement means to cover. The blood of animal covered. So if something is covered, it means if you pull it out, you can find it again. Is that right? That is the Old Testament. We are in the New Testament today. We don't use the word atonement anymore. We use the word redemption. Somebody pay it once for all. You got bought out. Your sins have been erased completely. Your sickness has been on him on the cross. He died on the cross and he took it away, and it will never come back again. Your sin will never come back again. It's not covering, but it is taken away, bought, purchased. <clears throat> There is a joke in the operating room. I tell you for fun. The word purchase. The word purchase means to buy. Is that right? Is that is that right? Buy, but there also uh, medical terminology. When you put the screw in the back of patient, good purchase means good tight. The screw get into the bone and tight. The rep who sell me product, the screw and the rod for the back surgery, always ask me, "Do you have good purchase?" And I laugh, and it means I need to buy more screw, so I can purchase more screw, and you can buy shoes for your kids. So that is a kidding. Jesus purchased. He bought. He paid for our sickness. He took the sickness on his body. He took into his body and he go away with it and never come back again. Can we believe that? That he took away our sin from the west to the east. He throw it to the bottom of the sea and never come back. He forget our sin and he can take also our sickness. He bore our sickness and he take it away. If you can believe this, you can get the miracle of healing in your life. He bore our grief. He carry our sorrow, which means he carry our pain. He bore our sickness. In the Hebrew language, Isaiah used that terminology: grief or sorrow or pain or sickness. Let's look at what the Holy Spirit said to Matthew. Okay, that's what Isaiah said. Now I'm going to look at the New Testament. What the Holy Spirit spoke to Matthew. Matthew eight sixteen to seventeen, and I will close in prayer. When evening had come, hmm, I like to be like Jesus, like this. It's so good. I want to put my shoe in Jesus and do the same thing today, because He say, "The work that I do, you shall do also." They brought to Him, to Jesus, many who were demon possessed, and He cast out the spirit with a word. Oh, I like that. People come. Evil spirit go. 
heal all. Everyone say all. Did he heal only certain people? Ten percent, twenty percent. How many percent? Hundred percent. He healed all who were sick. Oh, I like that. I like to be like Jesus. Everywhere I go, everyone get healed. All get healed. That it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, "Listen carefully. This is what the Holy Spirit gave the word to Matthew. He himself took our infirmities, our sickness, and bore." Our sicknesses. Matthew used the word sicknesses and infirmities and pain, but the New King James version translates sorrow and grief. In fact, salvation belongs to everyone who have faith. Healing belongs to everyone who have faith. Jesus did his part already. He carry our sin away. He forgive our sin. He give us the remission of sin. He, this is a redemption, and also Jesus took our sickness away 2,000 years ago. Amen. Do you believe that? Yes. That by His stripes, you are healed. Do you believe that, that Jesus took your sickness, no matter what sickness? Do you believe that healing belongs to every believer? Yes. Do you believe that God can heal you? I beg you to go back and listen to this CD again and again until it gets into your body, get into your mind, get into your spirit, until you have faith enough to see the healing in your own life, in your family, and people that you pray for. He bore your sickness. He carried your pain. He took your sin away already. Redemption belongs to the believer. Next time, we're going to learn about what does it mean, stripe. Why the Bible says, by the stripe of Jesus Christ, we are healed. And after that, we're going to talk about the next sermon. We're going to talk about the right of the citizen of heaven to get that healing. Oh, I love this sermon. You're going to have fun to listen to the whole series about healing. Amen? I don't tell you when, that which Sunday I'm going to talk about this. So you will not miss the church. Unpredictable. I may preach next Sunday. I may preach two Sundays from now to continue the series. Amen? Thank you, Jesus. How many people believe God can heal your body? Any part in your body is sick right now. Any part. If you have that part, why don't you lay hand on that part of your body right now and speak with me. Whatever part, maybe your shoulder, your back, your knee, your headache, whatever. Lay hand on that part. And speak with me by faith. In the name of Jesus. I believe. Healing. Belongs to me. Jesus. You bore my sickness. On your body. By your stripe. I was healed. Unreasonable exchange. I command. This sickness to go away from my body right now is done by what Jesus did for me. The promises of God in Jesus are yes and amen. I am healed. Never come back. Go away. This sickness in Jesus' name. 
I believe. I declare. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I expect. I hope. I believe. This happened to me. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Give the mighty hand of praises to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Before we have lunch together, I have one more question. If is anyone in this room never received salvation, you never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Salvation belongs to you too, but you need to do your part by believing in Jesus. I'd like to give you opportunity to pray to God, to speak to Jesus, that your sins are forgiven. You have. A new life, a b u n d l e life, and after your spirit slip out of this body, you're gonna be in heaven for eternity. If you want to do that, why don't you pray with me? Close your eyes, bow your head, and receive Jesus into your heart. Father in heaven, I admit, Lord, that I am a sinner. I need your forgiveness, Lord. You are the righteous judge. I cannot go to heaven or receive forgiveness of sin by my own good deeds. But Jesus Christ paid the wages of sin for me. I receive this gift, the gift of salvation. Lord Jesus, today I believe in my heart. And confess with my mouth that Jesus is my Lord. You were raised from the dead on the third day. You are my Lord and my Savior. Jesus, come into my life. I need salvation. I believe from today on, my sins are forgiven. I have my name recorded in the book of life of the Lamb, and redemption belongs to me. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. In your name, I receive. Amen. Give the hand to those who receive Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. May the Lord bless you. We trust that this message is ministered to you. If you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching CDs, please contact us at two zero six two seven five one zero four two. You may also visit our website online at www.newhopeinternationalchurch.com. To them all gathered in your name, I lift to you this new praise song. All the wrongs I have ever done have been washed away by your only Son. Bring me your tired. Bring me your weak. Bring me your hungry masses. We seek your.